0: This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number two of Mites and Men. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah. oh no. We just got done watching uh, another episode of Eureka, which is awesome.
1: Oh, I like this one.
0: Yeah,
2: (laughs) I did too. I saw on Twitter today, Will Wheaton tweeted something about, you know, I know Parrish is a real dick in tonight's episode, but, you know, you should still be on Team Parrish. Everybody should.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what about that uh, that sweater that we're not to get into it here? We do have a call we need to take, but what about that sweater Larry was wearing? I thought that was like Wheaton's Revenge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I had to wear the breakout super breakout sweater. You get to wear this. That's that
0: clown sweater that you always see, him, you know, pictures of him wearing, and now they have the 8-bit graphic of him wearing, you know? <laughs> like, he's totally getting Larry back. But I
2: don't understand why Larry was put in charge of the testing. I do. In we'll, what way was Larry we'll qualified? We'll totally
0: get to that, because yeah, I, I have I, a perfect a answer, for that. That answer for that. I have a perfect answer for that. uh yeah. We have a call. Yay, Our first, first call. Did you say balls? Yeah, that's it.
3: Balls! <laughs> hey, Chuck, one in Audra. I was listening to the first Save Eureka podcast, love the podcast, by the way. I love talking about the show. It's such a great show, and I look forward to hearing all about it in the future. But uh, one of the things is, of course, it has been canceled, and we're looking to try to save it, maybe, possibly, and if not, we'll just have fun talking about it. But I know one of the ways that Chuck was saved a few years ago was because the viewers really supported one of the main sponsors, which was Subway. So what I did is I was able to look at the last two episodes, they were still on my DVR, and write down all of the main sponsors, and I posted that on the blog and on the forum, on the GWC blog and forum uh, surrounding this podcast, Savior Podcast. And what I found was there there were several, I mean, there, there's five commercial breaks in each, uh, in each show, show, the um, the one that aired on the August 8th and one that aired on August 15th. The two main sponsors, the one that were highlighted by this show is brought to you by, at the beginning of the commercial break, was Kit Kat and Angie's List. And then on the 15th of August, it was um, Subaru, as Subaru Forester. And Subaru has uh, several ads, almost every single uh, ad block, they're on there on both shows. So it's nice to see them but uh, there's also several other uh, advertisers and sponsors. So if anybody out there wants to organize uh, a support of the sponsors to try to get them to bring Eureka back for you know another season, a made-for-TV movie, something like that, that would be great, um, they can take a look at the list and go from there. Um, and I will continue to post who the main sponsor is in the future. And, of course, the best thing you can do is watch the show live. That's what they've said. That's what everybody's
0: Oh, the two-minute limit.
3: Ah!
2: Yeah, he's, he's absolutely right, though. I mean, the best thing to do is to watch the show live, you know, even if you're going to record if you, it yeah, and watch absolutely. it later or whatever, make sure you're catching it live. And uh, that's going to make a big difference in how they, you know, measure but, uh, yeah, because I'm
1: I'm not sure how many Subaru I could buy. I was I mean, just I, thinking I could eat a, a crap ton of Kit Kats if that's if
0: that's what it takes. But
2: I, I could gnaw on a Subaru for a while. No, no, <laughs> no
0: I, I, you know I was thinking that's what I I think I need a WRX. That's that's it. You know well, a WRX like SCI, car, That's exactly yeah, it. I've Joe wanted a, one of those for a long time. There you go.
2: You know, I bet if we get creative, there's something we could do. I mean, Subway. it was brilliant because you know you could just get people to go out and buy these footlongs and it was kind of it was inexpensive and easy it won't be as easy with these but there's stuff we can do you know we'll we'll think about it
0: yeah definitely so uh on to the episode yeah so yeah, you you had mentioned Audra that uh, you were concerned that maybe Larry wasn't qualified to uh, to run this test. <laughs> well, I think that Larry is uniquely qualified to. I, run I this suppose test. if the
2: object is to be as annoying
0: exactly. as possible, <laughs> that's it. If you if you were going to put people in Eureka in a box and annoy them, who would you put in charge of that? <laughs> he's, no, so that's, he's essentially that's a good point. he's like Rimmer. He was created to. He was. I mean, he's like made for. <laughs> he's it. he's
1: Rimmer of Eureka That's <laughs> he is.
0: except slightly less useful but yeah no I mean I think this is exactly his task if there was anything that Larry was born to do it's annoy the crap out of people in a locked up box
2: my favorite Larry moment ever is still when he's uh, locked in the trunk of the car that um, that oh, Fargo awesome. owned. And then that, that yeah. he tried to like pawn off onto Larry. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, Tabitha, right? Tabitha was <laughs> yeah. the car's
2: name. Yeah. Right. And she like, you know, locks him in her trunk and she's driving him around and stuff. And they think they're going to die. And <laughs> the fighting, you know, Larry and Fargo are like, <laughs> rah, 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 like punching each other in the dark and stuff.
0: <laughs> it's awesome. <great>. Dude. <laughs> yeah well, hey, you know, and here he comes back he He's one of those characters that always has a use and always has a place you know it's it's an odd place, but
2: oh man, he is so gonna be in trouble when they get out of there <laughs> because of what he's doing, all the enjoyment he's getting out of it
0: I don't know he's not he's not important enough to catch any real crap, right
2: well,
1: yeah
3: <laughs>
2: you know what's cool is that i I would say or you know. I would have thought in the past that Fargo, once he gets back into his position at the head of GD, that he would, like, rub Larry's nose in it. But Fargo is, like, really maturing. Fargo is
1: not that person anymore.
2: Yeah. It's weird that putting him in that role actually has matured him instead of the other way around. Instead of that role... Causing,
0: maturing and then obtaining that role. right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Instead of, well, a lot of times you'd think that if you took someone who was kind of immature and gave them this huge responsibility that they weren't ready for, that it would just make them worse. They would become, they, they have all this power and all this privilege and they might end up losing it. But for a while they would just be a jerk, you know, and he's really been different. I mean, he, he's well, really that shows learned his a lot.
1: Potential is the fact that he was able to take that step and step up to the, uh, responsibility and to grow. He, uh, he kind of proves that he's, uh, he's a pretty all right guy when it comes down to it.
0: It's funny, the alternate, I guess the alternate universe uh, of Fargo that he replaced uh, kind of got all that dickishness out of his system. Yeah, it wasn't the alternate universe
1: version of him just like, yeah, you know, basically just his dad gave him the job or whatever.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know if his dad gave him the job, but it was something like that.
0: But he clearly didn't handle it as well. Oh yeah, and everyone as, hated him. Yeah, and he. Yeah, yeah, and he had all those weird motivational posters, which we saw oh. one of in this episode. By the way, I think that maybe the time
1: that uh, our Fargo spent learning from the people around him. Has, was probably the deciding factor because if he was just thrown into that role, he would never get the chance to know anybody in Eureka, oh, really. That's true. Because he would keep that kind of professional oh, superiority. Yeah. So I, I think the fact that he started out as the absolute nothing guy is really what, <laughs> what saved our version.
2: If anybody discovers I'm really Dennis the Donut Boy, I'm finished.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're so right because the big difference between the new Fargo and the old and the alternate, or our Fargo and the alternate universe Fargo, uh, as demonstrated by this episode, is that is that our Fargo understands teamwork. You know, and he actually the other one kind of demanded it, but didn't really get it. Our Fargo <laughs> actually is capable of it.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you notice that when they were in that, in the, with the lights out, and it had this kind of like luminescent glow, like, and, uh, and Joe and Zane, like, both of them have like slightly darker skin, and their skin looked kind of normal, but like, um, Felicia Day and Neil Grayston were like glowing they that's, like- that,
1: that's where the light was coming yeah. from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was no light in there it was just Felicia Day <laughs> wah, 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 wah.
2: like their their white tank tops that they all had on were like darker than their skin
1: like, goes slightly yellower throughout the episode. You don't get it. I really have to pee. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, my God. That was awesome. Oh, when Holly's yeah. like, I can take eight inches easy. And <laughs> like, <"Ooh." Yeah. laughs>
1: I wrote that one down. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then she said a couple things like right after it. Like,
1: what's great is that, um, um, damn, I'm spacing on the name. Um, the one that you, usually says things, Joe. Sorry. Oh, yeah.
2: Joe! Yeah, is always the one who. Joe is those. the
1: one that reacts to it too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Fargo's sitting
1: in the back, like, oh, oh my. Uh,
2: he goes, oh, and like his jaw yeah. drops. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is like you start thinking in your head of like all the different implications of that and what Fargo's imagining and. Yeah. Uh,
1: Actually, it's funny. There was a couple other instances of kind of interesting wordplay going on. Like, um, did you notice that Will Wheaton got the chance to uh, call? Oh yes, yeah, number Fargo one,
2: I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, don't call me that. that. Was awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then also at the end, um, was it? For, I, I was either Will Wheaton or Fargo that went. Um, now let's uh, now let's blast these things and go home. Star Wars reference. Oh
2: nice. no, I, I missed that one.
0: Go home. Yeah.
2: Nice. I was like, ah. <laughs> that's awesome
0: i like how they call zane number four asterisk
1: <laughs> yeah
0: by the end, joe's just calling him, hey asterisk <laughs> that's so awesome he is going to end up on the Astraeus mission and that is going to be his nickname
2: i do have one complaint about this episode oh
0: yeah what's that it's when, too awesome
2: when zane takes his shirt off
0: <laughs>
2: they they almost like hide him a little bit like you know he's he's got something in front of him the whole time.
0: What they they just they just very Watch carefully out. move the report. <laughs> yeah. They just Hold very the carefully placed a Felicia Day over his abs. Do you, well,
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you remember in uh SG1 when it showed uh, Carter and Teal and, well, and Daniel, I think, just the three of them, like, working out in the gym.
3: <laughs> and
2: uh, and Carter was wearing, like, this low-cut kind of tank top or whatever, and it, it would keep shooting her from, like, the clavicle up. And we're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. we're like, why are they doing that? I mean, you know, you're allowed to show, like, you know, more than that. But, um, but yeah, so, like, Zane takes his shirt off, and I'm like, sweet. You know, I finally get to see, because <laughs> he's so buff, That's you sweet. know, and I want to, like, really see And uh, he's got his arms up in front of him, and then he's, like, behind the table, and then he's, like, behind a chair, and then he, like, turns. I'm like, what are they doing? (laughs) It was very frustrating.
1: In in their defense, I'm guessing there wasn't really much uh, room to maneuver a camera in that set. Well, I'm
0: sure there was a wall missing always. Well, Well, yeah. Yeah, but I mean,
2: if you go back and look at it, it seems pretty deliberate that they're trying to, like, make it, I don't know, very PG or something
0: kinda of funny how the blocking works though with Felicia Day. It's like, okay, now uh stand between the door. And the <laughs> wall. Okay, stay there.
2: Yeah. Hey, those, those are my bones. Those are my bones. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's a great
0: those are my bones. I think I think one of my favorite parts is where and 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 it's funny too because uh Will Wheaton does a great job with this. But but he's standing there the whole time when the world is falling apart. He's making his damn swans, you know? And he's like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna and then there's that moment where the swan song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's <laughs> that moment where he's like, Yes, I'm going to Titan. One hundred swans. <laughs> and everybody, like, everybody's like what a douche. It's like the yeah. guy just does not get it, but he plays it in such a funny way. The way that crane's one of, cranes. Sorry qu- cranes, my bad. My bad. You
1: know what's funny is that he ever he actually inadvertently winds up helping because because he's made his little swan. They use ro- his, like They could use it to uh, save the world they again. He use the
2: crane chain to get the Yeah. <laughs> the you know See, there are practical the sonic screwdriver applications bag for Yeah. yeah. You know, instead of like there's a sonic screwdriver, there should be like, you know, uh, a female equivalent, like, you know, a sonic tampon. That'd be awesome. It could be like the same identical thing. It'd be, it'd be like for the woman hero. Okay, the
0: thing, the thing uh, well, one of the many things wrong with that is is the fact that a screwdriver is probably one of the most versatile tools around. You know, you can do oh. all sorts of things with it. Well, you
2: could call it a Many of which you're not
0: supposed to, you know, but you can do things. You could pry with it. You could cut with it. You yeah. could you could, you could could beat on things with it. You could do all kinds of stuff with it. So a sonic screwdriver is perfect for like a catch-all tool that just does anything, right? I, I'm then again, I mean, you know, as people have pointed out, like on Top Gear they've talked about uh there was a big thing where they gave James May crap for using tampons to like uh fix his oven and to like uh dry out so, dry out cylinders in a motorcycle or something and all this crap he uses them for. So there you go. There you go. Earplugs. Yeah, there you there you have it. You know, it might look a little funny, but so yeah, maybe that would be a good uh you know do-anything tool for the female uh, sci-fi hero. You can
2: make your own fishing tackle. They look like little uh, squid. Oh
0: <laughs> I'm I'm still having a little wow. trouble with how the uh, how, how its you main functionality would work. It would be like a mouse wise, toy. <laughs> I mean, somehow the sonic absorption doesn't seem to really... Sonic
1: absorption. Well, God. it works as a
2: shower in next-gen.
0: Well, yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. Sonic,
2: Sonic is just the the method of propulsion. I mean,
0: propulsion isn't something that I think people generally want to hear. Like, if you read the word propulsion on a tampon box, would you buy them?
2: Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: I might not use it as a tampon. She but says yeah. yes,
0: or I say no.
2: Yeah. Sonic
1: tampon by MacGuffin.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like uh, explosion. If you saw that on the box, it's like, no, okay, that's that's <laughs> not a, that's not that a good thing.
1: Explosive power. Yeah.
2: This from the man who owns a T-shirt advertising the band Colostomy Explosion. All oh, the red
0: dwarf <laughs> quotes tonight. You're like on the ball with it.
2: Yeah, it's just I don't know. They're just in my head.
0: So besides the the uh, Astraeus test, we also had the the kind of play going on uh, with. You know, with our sort of our, I guess our main characters, right? With the whole, uh, you know, I I, I was actually going to
1: say is that uh, Audrey, you get, you get, uh, you get the suit action going on for you again.
2: Yeah, I thought it was uh, funny that Carter seemed so uncomfortable in a suit, since in the pilot episode he's wearing a suit now, no tie, if I remember. Now it has
0: been a couple of years since Mm, he's gotten used to
1: his
2: uh, right, right. You know, it was funny in the beginning of the episode when uh, Senator Wen was like, you know, I want you here, you know, it, or she said something like, just stand there and look pretty. But it didn't really sound oh, like just a like joke. Boy toy. Yeah, it didn't really sound like a joke. She had about what she said. six
1: kind of bitchy lines in her own, like, don't stand there and look pretty. and Oh, that was uh, that was a uh, politician speak for shut up. And uh, yeah, it's and- like I wasn't I wasn't being sympathetic. Uh, get the hell out of here. It's like, yeah, wow. They are really trying really hard to make us hate her.
0: And then at the end, she's kind of uh, sort of okay, I guess.
2: Yeah, she's being kind of a country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, okay. Huh. All righty I'm, just, I'm just not touching that one. Jeez. Yeah, I'm going to leave that alone too.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, but it was funny because when she's like, you know, I want you here. Oh, and I'd appreciate if you wore a suit. I was like... She likes Carter. She doesn't respect him, but she wants him as a boy toy. She's just going to make him stand there so she can, like you know, have him as a trophy.
0: And then they never—they're almost never in they another don't come back scene to it. together. Yeah, so maybe but I'm wrong. actually, Audra made an excellent point when we were watching, though. When uh, at the end, when Carter gets uh, uh, built, his tie gets built into the wall, and he can't <laughs> get loose. And of course, it manages to build both ends of the tie into the wall. so you know the long and the short part so he's pretty much that's what
1: happens when you use that loop on the back of the tie that's
0: why most security guys wear (laughs) fake ties uh (laughs) clip-ons you know so you can't nobody can grab it and strangle you with it but anyway audra made a great point which is that you're telling me that that mr everyman here doesn't have a pocket knife with him i was
1: about to i was gonna say that it's like really he doesn't have a knife i mean i'm Everyone has a knife on them, don't they? At least he should. I mean, well, uh, it, yeah, if you're if you're running the security of the entire <laughs> GD, you probably want a pocket knife or, you know, maybe some keys to hack through it or, you know, something
2: something, yeah, a pen. He yeah. Yeah. <laughs> strikes
0: me as the kind of guy that would have one, you know, when yeah. everybody else would be like, well, I had a super tool, but you the battery ran out. He'd you know be what like, Jack
2: would have? A pack of wood knife. <laughs> one of those like little $5 ones, he would have one of those.
0: See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Our friend Joe still carries the one that we gave him, he said. Nice. That's cool. Sean and I both have cheap-ass pack of wood knives that we carry, like $5 knives.
1: Hey, is that a knife that you can,
0: without can... use at a moment's notice? Then it's probably good
1: enough.
2: That's cool. your answer for everything, isn't it, Juan? <laughs>
0: Just whip it out at a moment's notice. That's what I do. Well, let's put it this way. If, if uh, either of us had been caught in the Jack Carter situation, it would not have been a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah,
1: I thought, I thought the, the, the tie in the wall was a little bit of a... It, yeah, was
0: cool, it was cool, though. It, it was awesome because he's symbolically... Like, you know, what they should have it. done
2: is had his arm in the wall. That would have been I cool. thought it
0: was at first, and then I realized it was a tie, and then I got a big laugh well, out of it, which I, I thought was good. Kept, One time he wears a tie, and he gets stuck to the wall with it. That's, that's yeah, very Yeah, well, Carter. he kept
2: complaining about how the tie was choking him, and I think they wanted to do something with they it.
0: They wanted it to literally choke they wanted, him.
2: Yeah, they wanted to like, take the metaphor over It was line. a plot
0: device tie. <laughs> that'd be great a tie just as plot device on it
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, if any of you are meeting colin ferguson in the next little while
3: just
1: give walk up to him with a plot device tie and hand it to him as a gift <laughs> that
0: that's or a water a, heater
2: that's <laughs> awesome actually that reminds me of something totally off subject but um you know how women wear those uh or sometimes women wear those shorts and they're like sweatpant material they're they're like super short shorts and they'll say something like across the butt in big letters to make you look juicy. at their butt. Oh, juicy, I, had yeah, to, I had the best idea
0: ever for this <laughs> yeah, the go other ahead, day. Go ahead. You are, no, you can tell.
2: Chuck's like, he's like.
0: She goes, maybe I should get I was one like, of those. I should
2: get one of those, you know, just to be funny. And Chuck's like, yeah, you should get a pair of shorts that just says butt on it. <laughs> 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 like B-U-T-T in big collegiate letters. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> <laughs> It's like meta irony. <laughs> it is. I'm telling you.
0: It'd be great.
1: Now, yeah. the the one other side story that was, well, there was a couple other side stories in here. First, there was, you know, obviously Allison regaining her confidence.
2: I got to, you know, I feel bad for Allison. I was telling Chuck when we were watching it, it is it is awful. when If people don't believe in you, it's just, I mean, the only thing more traumatic for her than going through having squicky Beverly inside her head. The only thing possibly more traumatic than that is not having anyone trust her when she comes back. That's got to just be crappy. um,
1: The the one thing, I mean, I actually had... um I, I uh, sympathize sympathized with the people that didn't trust her at first because you know how they have the previously on Eureka part at the front?
2: Yeah. One of
1: the shots was um, Beverly saying, I don't want to get stuck in her head. Right, right. And that was enough to make me go, oh, is this a plot device? Like, is she going to turn partway through the episode?
2: Oh, oh. So then, okay. And
1: then I'm like, well, is maybe because Beverly's not by remote, then Jack can't tell and she's just gotten better. It's like... It's like what's going on well, here and then yeah. she kind of she kind of does prove to, prove to us that she is who she says she is really.
2: Well, you know, uh, I think it's always still a possibility and I think that those people are justified in being a little cautious, but I I yeah. nevertheless I still feel bad for her.
1: Yeah, and by the end I mean she's proven herself to, to everyone so.
0: Yeah. And they did give us some kind of little bits to chew on there with that in terms of like, like when Carter noticed that she didn't know what day it was and so on. And I mean, they de- they definitely made it not unreasonable for us to question her.
1: I definitely, having recently
0: been sick and
1: working from home, I can definitely sympathize her with the I want to go to work feeling that
3: she <laughs> had. Yeah.
1: It's like you really, you really do lose track of time and...
0: And just, it's like, what day is it?
2: Allison is becomes like, no. Allison becomes the dude. <laughs> what day
0: is this? Uh, what day is what this? Day is
2: this? Yeah. <laughs> I have some business papers.
0: <laughs> Allison, know,
2: Allison, papers. Allison, what do you do, sir?
0: I'm, uh, I'm, I'm unemployed.
2: unemployed. <laughs> oh, well, certainly like you don't go out unemployed. looking for a job like that on a weekday, do you?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, she becomes like the town slob. She like sleeps and rolled up newspapers at night and stuff.: and, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, in, in, in the beautiful you know house underground with lasers.
2: Freaking lasers.
0: Hey, and we get we get deputy Andy moments again, which yes, which are pretty which, awesome.
1: I, I always love those, and I, I was really worried that they were going to kill him off or something like her with the but it turns out it was just his knees or feet or something.
2: Or something. I mean, he looked completely normal when they took him away on the stretcher.
1: They oh, just, yeah, his feet were there. I think I think he went, they went for his knees, which is
0: kind of funny. Maybe he has titanium knees. There you go. Yep.
2: You know, I actually, I have this foreboding kind of feeling that Henry's going to die.
0: Oh, I hope not.
2: I hope not, too.
0: Somehow, I think killing the most experienced actor in the group in the yeah, might be a not. bad idea. <laughs> I'm just saying.
3: <laughs> I think
0: in the writer's room, they have that on the wall. Do not kill the most experienced actor.
1: I think maybe the reason that you, that, um, I'm, I'm a, that you might get that feeling as well is that we are seeing quite a lot of good moments with Henry going on right now, and that's just because he's continuing to grow. Like, like everything's
2: you know, perfect with Grace almost. Well, and it's and
1: not. I mean, this one showed that it's not entirely perfect is that he's still trying yeah, to get it yeah. right mindset of being married. And I love that shot at the end. He's like, we're getting married. And silence. Everyone's like you already are
0: married. <laughs> and,
1: and then and Carter then, saves and Carter it. Carter comes and saves him. Yeah, it's like, they're renewing their vows!
3: <laughs> oh, okay.
2: <laughs> but you know, you remember what the show did um, back when Allison was getting married to Stark.
0: Mm, yeah. You think they'll do that Oh, again? ouch! That's, that's, that's rough.
1: Yeah, See, I mean Here we go, timeline changes again, and Henry goes... Oh come on! How many timelines do I have to go through? That guy looks looks directly
2: at the camera. (laughs) He's like, "Come on!"
1: Yeah, like like, in uh, *Jan Silent Bob Strike Back*. Not again.
0: (laughs) Seriously, though, I mean that guy is is so patient, and he never, ever, Henry never catches a break.
2: Yeah, that's why I just have this bad feeling, you know, because they've been talking about his heart condition, and things are going really well, and he's about to get married, and. What, I mean, if I were a writer and I was looking to, like, bring in tragedy, that's what I would do. You would kill Henry? I would, yeah. I mean, if I was looking to bring in tragedy and make people feel really bad, I'd, I'd kill off this, like, wonderful, likable character. I just don't see
0: that happening. Right after That's, his wedding. that's just so not Eureka.
3: No.
2: Yeah,
3: I, yeah. I think they could
1: get away with it with Stark because Stark is so mean he is still a bit of an
0: antagonist even though he was awesome actually but i, was, I mean, you know what he is he's like it's a sort of like in green hornet he's a he's a bit of a dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know it's true he's not like a complete ass he's just of kind a of a dick you know now we yeah. didn't
2: have any qualms about showing stark with his shirt off
1: <laughs>
2: we need to not have you really standard. hung up on
1: this aren't you <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: you know there's google right you know you could probably just you know Google actor's
0: name and probably find some shirtless. Mal
2: pecs. Ferguson, yeah.
0: You know, it's funny. I think his his traps were bigger than like uh, oh, the the other guy's awesome. pecs. You know, it's like they're just yeah. It was pretty. I impressive. did notice
2: that Will Wheaton maintained like <laughs> full dress through that. <laughs> <whole day.
0: laughs> yeah, and, and Fargo's think, so uh, hairy,
2: he could be naked and you you wouldn't see anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, I th- I thought it was funny that they they have all these actors that are like either real thin or or muscular, and and then there's 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 poor Will Wheaton with kind of a beer gut, you know, because he's been having a good time with life, and and uh, he's the one who's like, yeah, I have no problem with this, and you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I were in the room with all those people, I would have a problem, you know. And uh, this is great. It's just it's just another. Indicator of how awesomely the character is portrayed. Yeah, because you know? he would, he wouldn't care. The character wouldn't care. That's cool. I like how we also got the shot, the first
1: shot of the uh, the Asterius mission's ship. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that that cool. was interesting because I I I was like envisioning a capsule or something like that, but they're going with like full out kind of air space airplane.
0: Well, you know, when we had that space probe uh that that Henry's uh last love came back on. Um Kim. Kim, yeah. Right. Uh it was it was kind of airplane ish as well, you know. The giny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean and and it it seems to be the Eureka kind of method to like build something that looks cool. As opposed to something that might be practical with modern science, right? Well, and I guess
1: they also did already did the capsule, and you know you want to have a visual difference. Got to do the new yeah. gag,
0: next gag.
2: Well, and what's practical for them is not the same as what's practical exactly. in the real
0: world. And maybe that's why yeah. they do it—is that it just it it makes that clear when you're watching that it's not it's not where you are. It's it's something different, you know.
2: Does anybody else find Allison's lack of interaction with her own children disturbing? <laughs>
0: Uh, oh the kids are coming back next week sometime <laughs> thursday, I next season,
2: <laughs> thursday i don't know next season maybe Thursday, i don't know like where are they holy crap well we've had
0: kevin centric episodes you know and kevin is kind of a tertiary character yeah and- but
2: i mean they should at least be in the background periodically or have allison say something like yeah you know well i guess she did right they're at her mother's or something who
1: yeah, never I, met. I mean, I guess there hasn't been with with all the stuff going on with Allison being, you know, mind abducted as well. There hasn't really been that much of a chance to uh, go into that kind of detail, really.
2: Yeah. Still, though, I mean, you'd think that a mother of not just this teenage son, but of like a, you know, year old daughter or something would kind of miss her daughter. Well, I think she does. <laughs> <laughs> they're
1: they're packing. What, what do we have? Five I'm just, I'm not, five storylines in this episode. They're I'm, packing
2: I'm a lot just, in. Audra. I know. Okay, so I'm, we I'm have the kidding. A story, I'm not really the B story. I just think it's
0: fun. Audra would like a G story. There you go. You know, give us a G story to be in there as well. <laughs> to like, you know, it's the it's the backstory be- of the kids. Hey, here's one.
1: Didn't. Will Wheaton as Wesley Crusher have a Nanites episode way back in, like, season three of Next Gen?
0: Mm. Wouldn't surprise Sounds me. Familiar. With, uh,
1: what's his face from Scrubs? Who? Uh, Zach Braff? No. no. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: Administrator. Kelso? Kelso. Oh, yep. you are Kelso so is right. a guest star, and the, they, um, there, was so, there were nanites that Wesley ex- fell asleep and they let out and they were eating the computer. Yeah. <laughs> you are so
0: right. Link! <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. Nice.
1: They
0: just keep pulling those in. See,
1: that's the thing, is that you could watch these episodes like four or five times and still keep pulling out new stuff like that. that I, I'm sweet. wondering if they put that together and, and like actually said, well, you know... Let's put him in there because you know he's nanites. And
2: I thought nanites Mark, it's
1: just an excellent coincidence.
2: Why didn't I, I didn't expect nanites uh, to be like two inch long? They were
0: nanites. Oh. They they, didn't they call them nanobots
1: or something. No oh. no no
0: nano in them. They were big. They were just uh, uh, mites or whatever. They like a mites, the title yeah. of mites and men. Oh okay. Well, still
1: it's 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 close enough. Little robots eating the. the yeah exactly chip, right? exactly
0: <laughs> got. it. You know, there's, there's a, you know, we haven't seen much of the kind of big arc that they showed us in the first return episode, uh, the first four point five episode, the uh, which is the whole uh, uh, Senator Wynn gonna be a bastard and take the thing apart.
2: Yeah, she's been kind of just floating in and out, and not really causing much damage yet. Yeah,
0: they've been using her to move other pieces of the plot along, but we haven't really seen yet what her big plan is.
2: She's like the Ronnie Cox of Eureka.
0: (laughs) Well, no, you know, yes and no. Yes, but like in, uh, you know, in in Stargate, in SG-1, Ronnie Cox had this like really straight agenda. We knew that he was this... uh, He he wanted to be president and he wanted power and that was where he was going and he was pissed off because uh, at the Stargate program because uh, they were a risk that he didn't want to take and because... Uh, he hated O'Neill because he felt like O'Neill uh, was a threat to him. You know, so we kind of, you could predict how he would interact in a given situation because we knew his motivations. We don't know Win's yeah. motivations. I mean, we know that she has a, a bone is to have pick. Tall you know? hair. Yeah, but <laughs> we, we really don't know where she's coming from
1: yet. Yeah, it's true. You, the other question is, is that why did they accelerate the uh, the construction?
2: Because when said to. See, when, well,
1: that's the thing is that you got to wonder, maybe Beverly's found a new host?
0: I don't know. I mean, when she Ooh. when she said that, I thought, okay, they're going to tell us something. We're going to see some of her motivation now. We're going to find out why. Because she's doing something unusual. Is it to just make the whole thing self-destruct, you know? <laughs> or is it is it whatever? But I... I she's I, pulling an Admiral Nechea. She just wants to be a bitch.
2: <laughs> well actually that's a great um that that Beverly may be controlling when but another another one that I would expect is that when is is working for somebody else who's pulling the strings
1: yeah, that maybe has right. some kind of fun well, and, and also we've only got four episodes left in the season, so we've got one more quote standalone and i'm guessing probably uh something leading into a a kind of a a bit of a conclusion to the season and then maybe they're just starting to set up different parts of the plot at this point.
2: Yeah, and and what were you saying Chuck? With I don't remember. Oh, sorry.
0: Sorry. No, that's okay. But um so damn we- your point. I'm taking over. <laughs> so we've got but we've got that. We've got the Astraeus mission that's going on and that I'm assuming we're going to see some kind of uh uh closure to in you know, in season four.
2: Yeah. This has been building for a little bit. So
0: yeah. I, I like. Know.
2: I You know, I gotta say, I like Zane's attitude, you know, New when, Zane. well, yeah. New Zane, New Zane's attitude where he's like, you know, last episode, Joe tells him, Hey, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to qualify because of your record. And he's like, I know, but I am so good at this that I want them to know <laughs> what they're missing out on. And now he's kind of like, he finally he's, gets, he's going he to figure out a way to make them, accept him and it's really cool i'm glad that he he's kind of humble in that moment when he tells joe that you know she's to to thank for the pardon and for changing his life in a good way and it's really cool why do you say that
1: oh well because basically she doesn't know if he is really completely on board with uh being in a relationship entirely and she just gave him a free pass to leave.
0: Well, I think that's that's kind of uh, not a bad thing. I mean... Right. I, 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 get, fact, I get
1: the idea of like, oh, I'm staying for you now, but she doesn't really know that for sure yet. So now she's kind of really going to be a little more insecure about this. Maybe. Maybe. That's my interpretation anyway.
2: Yeah. Well, I think probably true but i think it was important that zane said i'll be here because i want to be
0: right i think that uh, joe is the kind of person who if anything would err on the side of of wanting to give him that option so that so that she can find out because i mean the position she's in now is really not enviable far worse than if he leaves because he can and he it turns out he's not interested it would be even worse for him to be there and and seem to be interested, but but have there be some artificial thing that's keeping him there, and she'll never know.
1: Right. I, I, I guess it it's got to be complicated for her though, because you know she's still got the feelings for um, classic Zane and uh, <laughs> Zane classic <that's laughs> Zane classic, <laughs> and uh, and you know she's she's let some of those feelings into her relationship with new Zane. New so Zane. So it's like, well, exactly. It's, it's it, you gotta wonder if she. If she's got everything straight in her mind on, on that. And I I think that in that situation, it would take a very long time to, uh, a longer than what we've seen for her to, to get all that
0: straight.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm interested in some of the consequences of a number of extra people now knowing about the time travel.
0: Yeah, it just keeps expanding, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, at
2: the end of last episode, yep. we see uh, Carter telling Zoe right. about it. As they're kind of walking out. And I want to know what Zoe's reaction is. And um, well, yeah, so Zoe knows now and Zane knows. And
1: yeah. And what, was, what was the thing? The, the Grace uh, knows. protocol was that if, if the government finds out, they're basically going into lockdown for the rest of their lives, right?
0: Right. Yeah. That's the season five twist is that it's going to become a MASH style show. It's going to be like uh, the last season of Red Dwarf where they're all in the jail.
2: <laughs> yeah. that's
0: awesome
1: actually <laughs> I could totally see them not, I'm two not suggesting they're going to the do brig. that two <laughs> years <laughs> without deputy sex deputy Andy's like they thought I was a girl <laughs> you yeah. hope
2: yeah two years without sex you hope <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I. it's <laughs> funny I mean you laugh but I could totally see something of that level of, of awesomeness and oddity happening
2: well, if we we're to think, I mean, other than the people who actually time traveled, Zane knows about it, Zoe, Beverly knows about it, Grace knows about it, right? I'm trying right. to think of who else knows.
0: Everybody but the government.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just kidding.
2: Yeah, for like the whole town. Well, whole Vince, town knows, Vince doesn't know. So therefore the whole town true. doesn't know. Well, that's true. That's, yeah.
1: Once Vince gets a, a hint of it, <laughs> that's, that's it. it.
0: That's it. It's over. Wow. And yeah. in,
2: in that, that slip where they're talking about getting married and Vince is like, aren't you already married? I think that was another hint toward <laughs> the, the fact that it's getting more and more difficult to contain this, uh, the secret,
0: I wonder well, if if season 5 we get something sort of like the last season of Chuck where where they literally just turn it on its ear completely so in we the can last do Kung season. Fu now? No, I mean, yeah, kind of, but like <laughs> I mean metaphorically, you know? I mean, where essentially they get caught or something and and we throw them out of the out of the standard Eureka GD kind of area into some new place that's entirely different.
2: Yeah, that would be cool.
0: It would.
1: They yeah. all go on the Estraus project?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I wondered it's, about that it's too, Eureka you in know? space. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean Colin Ferguson told us without giving away any spoilers because we asked, of course, that he not, not that he necessarily would have anyway, but you remember he mentioned when we talked to him on the set of of uh season five, uh shooting it that in the middle of shooting it anyway, that the that there was a not surprisingly a big shakeup at the end, and that season five was another twist sending it in an entirely new direction. So I mean that's I can't wait. That's that should be awesome. not
1: be a surprise. So you know?
2: <laughs> they have just not failed to you know just make everything more exciting and and just every single time they do it.
0: Every one of those twists has been so uh, believable and interesting, and and helped to reinvigorate a show. This is one of the big issues that faces any show right is that you know over over time you know you you your your characters slowly start to become so deep that they get locked into the position and they can't do anything else and and then things start to get kind of formulaic and and they manage to just completely throw everybody back to the start without resetting how we felt about the characters i don't think that's ever happened for me it's, before. it's
1: hard to do especially um especially when you don't have like the plot devices like the 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 time machine that creates a parallel dimension you know it, it's it's hard it's hard to to do this kind of thing and that's what's great about eureka is they pull that off really well
0: those those you know the 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 crazy premise of the show definitely gives some room to do that i mean the alternate timeline thing is is awesome.
1: I, I keep I, I keep watching the show and wondering what's the next divergence that they haven't noticed yet that's going to come back oh, and bite yeah. them in the ass. Oh, that's Great a good idea. point. It's just, it's just like some assumption that they're talking about, like something that happened during season one, and you know maybe they weren't supposed to know about it or it went in a completely different direction or you know, it, it reintroduces another character or, you know, something happens like
3: that.
2: Oh, yeah, that's awesome. You're right. I mean, how could they know? I mean, a lot of these things, they can't go around asking. So a lot of these no. things they have to kind of figure out. I wonder, Allison said that she did read her own book, right?
0: Yeah. The yeah. book that
2: she wrote about space exploration. But you're right.
0: They are kind of teasing that, aren't they? When I they guess brought that's that the up, is- oh, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say when they brought that up and said... And pointed out this book and then it didn't seem to factor into anything immediately and they mentioned it again. Yeah. Maybe that's an indicator. Oh, yeah, so
2: I read your book and that would freak me out. Holy crap.
3: Yeah. If
1: well, I- think think about this. It's like if, if you're if you were thrust into a parallel universe that was very slightly different and you didn't know what was different. I mean, you've got the resources of like, say, Google, right? But what do you Google to figure out what's different in this universe,
0: especially when you're being watched?
2: Yeah. I mean, you, right, you exactly. kind of need uh, just to to look at like what I would do first is grab history books, just basic history books and scan through and look for big things.
1: <laughs> I you just know? Google what's different in this universe. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I, w- <laughs> wah, I, wah, would, wah. I would go through and look at timelines and, you know, look at major timelines of like, you know world history and the history of my country and, and, you know, look at the political leaders and see who's in charge and, you Your know, that family. kind of stuff. Yeah. That, the kind of current stuff, like the, the civic things that most people know and I should
0: know. S- I sort of assumed that when Fargo was in charge, that he had access to all of their, you know, personnel records and so on and that they probably went through a lot of that and at least figured out how to cover their tracks.
2: Yeah, right, and, and
0: that's why
1: they're able to operate within Eureka and, and still not you know, be found out
0: unless they're telling someone. That closed uh, environment is paying off.
1: Right, yeah. I think, the, I think you know, it's, it was you know, a large number of years where things were slightly different. And you got to think that maybe in an uncontrolled environment that, where they don't literally have files on everything, that maybe they wouldn't be doing so well. True. Then, then again, if they were in that open environment, they'd just be called insane and, you know, be homeless.
0: Either that or they just would have moved on and done their thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the time travel thing is always kind of... Uh... Oh, I love time travel.
2: <laughs> it's one of my favorite devices in, in anything ever.
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen that uh, graph... Uh, or that uh, chart that charts the timeline changes in Back to the in the Back to the Future series? No, it's literally this line that starts out with you know like 1985, right? And then it shows the jump back in time, and then it shows a new line that's the 1955 altered timeline all the way up, right? And then it shows like the altered timeline of Doc uh, coming back to 1985 to restore 2015. Uh, and then it shows a completely new line where fifty-five gets altered again when Biff hands him the book, and then you know it shows all all those different changes, right? That's and awesome. it graphs them all out. And I think he came up to about like, I think it was nineteen different timelines in that wow. or something like that See, it, it was something ridiculous. And
2: I guess if you think about it, there are really an infinite number of different timelines because every every tiny speck of you know everything. Well, that's that what he says. Can-
1: every time you travel back in time. That negates the previous universe. Traveling forward does not, because you're just extrapolating from that current. There's no timeline change, but going backwards, you're changing everything.
0: This always reminds me of. Uh, I've always thought that the most interesting kind of time machine recreation or time machine envisionment, you know, was uh, sort of was was some of the ones that we saw in uh, in Star Trek. Uh, especially like in voyager you remember we had some uh some time, late late uh late federation ships that were you know a couple hundred years advanced that were time ships and and they had this kind of Is
2: that in voyager I was thinking enterprise
0: Well, it was in
1: Enterprise as well, but in Voyager, there was the 29th century uh, stuff with uh, Captain Braxton. That's right. Primarily, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and then you're right. They did kind of play into some of that in Enterprise as well. And the trick being that the traveling in time seems to be less about like having this big sleek uh, ship that, you know kicks ass as much as it is like navigating the various timelines because you're not just setting for a given date you know or- well,
1: one of my favorite voyager episodes is the two-parter year of hell
2: yeah i'm I'm trying to that, that's the oh, one wait, where basically
1: that- voyager versus the krenum
2: is that the are- one where uh janeway at the end blows up her own ship
1: You, yeah she rams the voyager into the uh yeah, into, into uh, the, the uh, time ship and basically restores all of the timelines.
2: Is that when she runs into the other version of herself?
1: No, uh, no, that's a, that's a different one. Uh, uh, me... Actually, that's one where it's actually a quantum duplication.
2: Right, that's the one I was thinking of, because for that, Chuck yeah, and that's, me, that's one of our favorite Janeway moments. That's a great
1: there. one, too. and, that's, and She's like, yeah, that's, I'm
2: Captain Janeway. Welcome to the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> We're like yeah. yeah.
0: But I mean, it seems to me that that if you're traveling in a in time, it's not just dial in a particular year or a particular uh, you know, a particular day or something. You're also dealing with those variable those alternate timelines.
1: Right. And, and one and of the things I like about the Year of Hell episode is that um uh Kurtwood smith's character uh who plays uh the dad on that 70s show uh is uh tries to explain this to chakotay and shows him like a graph of all the timelines and and that kind of stuff he's like and you know if you make this change here it affects these strings here and like you you see basically like this whole string uh tapestry unravel when chakotay runs a simulation of like eliminating a single asteroid
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think I remember that now.
0: And it's kind of yeah. funny. I always thought that the, uh, you know, they 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 pull that out and kind of turn it into a portable device for enterprise. Right when the the time traveler shows up and he's in the one cabin that they seal off later, and he has this device that kind of projects all that crap in the in the air and and shows the various timelines and stuff. And I always yeah. thought that was inspired by it. I can't remember the damn name of it now, but uh, from the Foundation series, you know. The uh, 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 Seldon's people had those devices that yeah, they yeah. used to to calculate. Oh, okay. yeah. You remember what I was talking, what I'm talking about? And they had that they had a name for it. I can't remember what the hell it was, but it was a name for this thing that the that the uh, you know, the 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 people carried with them that would allow them to to project all this these possibilities on on the wall, you know, into the air and control them to and manipulate them to work them and make calculations. Oh, I love time travel. I mean, (laughs) actually,
1: going back to that episode where there was the quantum duplication in Voyager. Not to get too far into Star Trek, right? right. But I love that from that episode on, Harry Kim and Naomi Wildman are actually from an alternate, technically an alternate phase or whatever than the rest. Oh
3: yeah, Harry
0: Kim does, doesn't
1: he? Harry Kim gets blown out of a hull breach, and Naomi Wildman dies in childbirth. And it's the alternate Harry and Naomi that she I sends think was, Janeway's like, "Well, they're missing you guys, so get over there." That's so right. he pops to the portal, and then he's like, he's talking to Tom, and he's like, "I don't feel like I'm me." And it's like, "Ah, don't worry about it. Let's go hit on the Delady sisters."
0: That's very, right. very Voyager. You know, I, I wonder if that's a possibility for where we might be headed with uh, Eureka. I mean, we already have a universe where we have some people from a previous one. But what would happen if we mixed it mixed it up even more? What if we had two sets or three or... Or a or,
2: future timeline. Or, yeah,
0: or just people that came from different places. Uh,
2: well, Beverly split... is continuing to meddle. I mean, we never know what is going to happen with that.
1: Or starting to split up the people that were in from the alternate, like say two of them get reverted back. Oh yeah. To a different universe or something like that. Like, you know, I I don't think they would ever change Carter, but you know, if if like one of Carter or Allison changed, then it would be interesting or if Fargo went back to the whiny
0: brat that he was or I don't know if I could handle that. But <laughs> I'm not sure, but it would be it, it, it. it would
1: be interesting
0: any way you look at it it would totally be a a way to to shake up the character dynamic without without losing the characters without killing them you know that back to what you said at the very beginning Audra, that you know one of the classic ways you you shake everything up is you you kill one of the characters you know eureka doesn't have to do that because it's eureka and they've got all these other crazy ways they can shake up the dynamic without yeah, killing the characters yeah yeah
2: it's true it's it's not the only way you know it's it's one of the ways that people do it but
0: though admittedly when they show up in this timeline and replace the other people they effectively do kill them. I mean those those characters are gone or forever. Do
1: they? Yeah. <laughs> maybe they swap, I don't know. I mean maybe we see some You know that just shows that this this show has so much more that it could explore.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: Hey, quick question. When Grace gives Henry the wedding ring, uh-huh. Um, was that uh was that a, the ring that her version of Henry used to wear that she was keeping on her neck or
0: oh that's a good question now do
1: when they came back to this timeline did they have yeah I guess he wasn't wearing his wedding ring i guess because they came back in their forties clothes right yeah but there was i so seem to remember it wasn't some, like a it wasn't that they transposed into their bodies right they literally time traveled and their Physically, they physically were different.
0: I seem to remember some discussion about that, though. That he didn't want to wear the ring, and when they first kind of had their falling out, and then and then started trying to work it out, and he moved out, that he took the ring off and gave it to her. Right. And oh I no, think, an
1: excuse to go back and look at it in a previous episode.
0: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But I, I, I think you're right, Audrey. I think there was some significance to that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess my memory is foggy. I need to go check it out again, cause but I, I'm pretty sure she had this wedding ring on a necklace that she was wearing, and then you know that's when she gave it to Henry at the end of this episode, and and he was just overjoyed, huh? Because you know, as far as he is concerned, he's never been married.
0: Wow, that's true. Sometimes you have to keep a lot of this straight in your mind, and I mean, it's, sometimes it's hard to keep all this straight in your mind.
2: Yeah, and I think part of that is because there are so many great stories going on and so many things to consider other than the time travel story, and, right. and it's kind of spread out, you know, so it's not like a, a movie where you kind of have it all in your head at once, but yeah. but yeah, it's Well, and it also suffers fun.
1: from the gap of, you know, being a year apart or half a year apart or whatever, too, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just—it's like I said. It's just another excuse to go back and watch these episodes again. Uh,
2: I know. I know. I, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and
1: watch all of four again.
0: <laughs> well, I, I know that, you know, we're about to see season four point five wrap up in a month or two, uh, less than two certainly. Even if they put some gaps in, and and uh, I'm sure we'll come back and start watching the older episodes. And yeah, and, totally. Uh, and keep keep save Eureka rolling.
2: I heard that Fargo uh, did another crossover episode and was in the most recent Warehouse 13 yeah, again. Yeah, I haven't so
0: seen I can't it. Yet. To I can't. Oh, cool! <laughs> that's that's awesome. There was that awesome joke at uh, at Comic Con when they were talking about how that how he had kind of a a, a little bit of a triangle thing going on with. Uh, uh, you know, with Will Wheaton's character and Felicia Day's character, and then, and then he sort of had another thing going on over in Warehouse Thirteen. Yeah, with Claudia. With Claudia, and then, uh, and his response to that was, "You do you remember?
2: No, uh, no, no.
0: He's like, I guess he's uh, he's just sort of a slut that way. Oh yeah." That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and he had um at Comic-Con at the panel uh, Neil Grayson had the little uh, Fargo bobblehead
0: yeah that was awesome he table. had the F- Fargo bobblehead with him and then <laughs> and then uh uh yeah th- there was this this kind of funny interaction with uh, Felicia Day and the whole, whole Oh
2: yeah they were joking about the love triangle between um Parrish and and Holly and uh and Fargo and uh so Felicia Day was sitting at the end of the table on the panel and Will Wheaton was on her right. And then, um, Neil Grayston got up and like went to her other side. So they were like flanking her and looking at her like, which one of us would you choose? And Will Wheaton's like batting his eyelashes at her and Grayson gets up and he, he kind of like puts his she leg up on the, on the table, about, yeah. like, like, you know, stands up, like puffs his chest out like a pirate and stuff. And-
0: yeah. She had made some comment about, it was a joke about how, uh, you know, she, she liked knees because somebody's knee was in front of her so he climbs up on the table and has this and oh, yeah. strikes this pose
2: and <laughs> puts his knee in her face.
0: Yeah it was it was pretty entertaining. It was pretty Maybe
2: the the mites like knees too and that's why they went after Andy's
0: there you go. <laughs> well I want to see the crossover warehouse thirteen episode. I uh it, I think it's gonna be next up on the uh on the list. Sweet. But uh, probably time to wrap up. Uh anything to add at the end of this uh one? Uh, not really. I mean, just enjoying this
1: and, uh, thanks for the positive feedback. We've been getting a little bit of track trickling in and, uh, send us your calls.
2: Yes. Call in, let us know what you think. And, uh, I'll be thinking about ways that we can, um, you know, kind of get the word out a little bit more, whether it's through, uh, helping out with the advertising, you know, trying to get some campaign idea, um, or, you know, just, uh, just want to remind everybody. Watch it. Watch it when it comes out.
0: Watch it live. Watch it live. Tell your friends. So can I finally have a, a WRX STI now? I could trade my little, my little truck. They only cost like $36,000 or yeah, you something. Could, you could trade like,
2: <laughs> like 15 of your little trucks. <laughs> yeah.
0: That would work great though, right? I mean, wouldn't mind a seven or eight or nine or you know $900 payment or something. That'd be okay, right? Whoa. I mean, supporting supporting Eureka. You hear that, Subaru. <laughs> bring yeah. back Eureka yeah
2: we didn't say single-handedly supporting Eureka
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: we'll from, each take
2: a
0: paycheck <laughs> fund the Australia's mission by a WRX STI
2: brought to you by Chuck
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wish
2: and his new Subaru
0: <laughs> I wish
1: see we just need to see the uh, the Subaru logo on the top of that ship
2: which is awesome that would by be the way awesome. the Pleiades the Subaru logo is the the Pleiades.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Oh right. <laughs> Did you ever
2: notice that the seven stars, no, the, it is, the seven totally. sisters?
1: That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's
1: awesome. Oh, so you're saying I was actually cleverer than I thought I was being there? That's right. Yeah, excellent. You're a genius,
2: one. <laughs>
1: See, the
0: accidental genius. Subaru <laughs> missed out on an awesome opportunity to sponsor the Astraus mission. Totally. The Astraeus mission, sponsored by Subaru.
2: Juan, you and I are going to start a band and call it Accidental Genius. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play accordion. <laughs> no rehearsals.
1: <laughs> I've got kazoo.
0: <laughs> oh, we did that one time. It the was accordion fun. kazoo. No, the kazoo. Th- well, actually,
3: yeah, but we
2: yeah we had like a million of them made and gave them out to everyone and had had everybody do a, one of the songs with us. <laughs>
0: And on that note (laughs) We'll see you next week From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC Thanks for listening If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows With some of the friendliest people in geekdom Visit us at galacticwatercooler.com We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.